How's everybody doing this morning? Good seeing you. Good being together with you. And uh, yeah, excited for uh, our brother Walter. Want to know what's up next with you as far as your camps. Camp Gilgal the next two weeks. Then over to Fairhaven. And maybe we'll see you. Depends on when you get in. We leave the afternoon of the 16th. so if you're here before then, we'll see you then. Uh, and if not, uh, we'll have to connect another time. So uh, anyway, glad to be with you all this morning. We are in Acts chapter 17, uh, continuing our journey through the book of Acts, looking at Paul's uh, missionary journey, looking at Paul taking to the gospel to uh, a variety of different places, and uh, 
that was his calling, that was his responsibility. So let me get us right into the book of Acts. I just want to comment on something. Uh, The the controller that I have for my microphone, um, the software program, is is not working correctly the last, hasn't been working correctly in a few weeks, but this morning especially it is really acting uh, uh, funky. So uh, if the sound's a little bit off, uh, maybe somebody can just message me, let me know. I don't know that I'll be able to change it up very much at this point in time. I've been researching, trying to see what uh, what bug fix there might be for that software, but haven't found one yet. So every once in a while on my screen, I see it spiking, and other times it looks like it's kind of a little bit uh, light. So, and I, if it sounds raspy, uh, that's me. I'm just a little raspy. I haven't had a drink yet this morning. Shame on me. I should have had a, a drink. Uh, in fact, speaking of drinks, I've got a, I've got a coffee. I'm going to grab the coffee. I'm going to talk to you just for a moment about uh, what I've been using in my coffee. As I have been over in um, other parts of the world, one of the things that they give you all the time is coffee. And I noted that it had a kind of a distinctive sweetness to it and uh, distinct flavor to it. And I would ask people, what do you put in your coffee? Well, nothing. It's just coffee. It's brewed in an uh, Arabic type of way. And often they do that in, in Israel as well. Kind of a boiled coffee. You put the grounds in boiling water and boil it up for 10 minutes or so. Uh, and that's that's how they make their coffee, and then maybe they dump it back through a filter. We pour hot water through the filter uh, that has the coffee grounds in it uh, to get our coffee. They boil it with the grounds in it, and then maybe they'll pour it back for, through a filter. Um, most often not. It just goes in a cup, and your grounds are in the bottom, and you get to the bottom of the cup. You just don't drink that part. Pretty simple. Um, and I asked, and I at one point, somebody said, we think they put cardamom in their coffee. So I got I got some cardamom because I really enjoy the coffee over there. Enjoy the whole experience over there. I could live over there. Um, and uh, in fact, maybe at some point we will do that uh, down the road um, for little stints of time. They put cardamom in their coffee. Now, I want to let you know something. As I have, but if you, if you have blood sugar issues at all. Um, I have found that cardamom, and then I did a little research. After I, let me back up. After I started using the cardamom in my coffee, I noted that my morning blood glucose levels were much lower. And uh, so I did a little research, and yes, in fact, cardamom has an absolute positive effect on blood glucose levels. So uh, any of you who have it, your blood glucose is a little bit high, that might be something you add to your coffee or to your tea. Uh, Some people bake it and put it in their breads. I don't recommend eating uh, a lot of the breads that we have. I'm just going to say it. uh, I like that stuff, but um, it it all affects our health. Uh, but cardamom, and so I'm going to take one more little sip. My throat sounds a little bit less foggy, I think. 
Mm. Has a great flavor to it, and it's good for you as well. So um, I say good morning to everybody. Didn't get a chance to say good morning to that jumped in. Uh, Anthony up there in uh, uh, up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Welcome to you, uh, and glad to have you uh, jumping in, listening along. So. If you were in Greece, I don't know if they do this in Greece. I can tell you they do it in Turkey. I can tell you they do it in uh, South Sudan. I can tell you they do it in uh, uh, in the Palestinian area, Israel, whatnot. They put cardamom in the coffee. It's, it, it's good for you. Just there. I passed that little tidbit on. Let's get into the book of Acts chapter 17. When they passed through uh, Amph- Amphipolis and to Apollonia, I didn't say that right, I'm just going to tell you I know I didn't, Uh, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. Now, I just will put this up for you, Uh, I think I can do this, Uh, let me back up one slide, there, Uh, and I can even point with this, uh, this way, um, Here's Ephesus. This is Turkey. Uh, and they, they passed up and hit some of the islands up through here. Some of those areas that are mentioned are on their way uh, along or along the way this way. There, there are different thoughts about which way they traveled. Um, so it doesn't actually have the route. But you can see here's, Phil- here's Ephesus, here's Philippi, and here's Thessalonica. Then they'll go to Berea. Then they're going to head back down this direction. Um, but that is, this is the area in, in through which they are traveling. Just showing that so you have a sense, uh, those who are watching have a sense of kind of where they're traveling. And it says this, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. Now you know exactly what Paul was going to do. He was going to go to the synagogue because it says, verse 2, as was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue uh, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures. And that is what they would do. Uh, They would reason together. And and notice, he wasn't giving sermons necessarily. I was talking to a young lady... mm, I think two weeks ago now, I had uh, had something for sale, and the person said, hey, can I meet you in Belfast? We'll meet at Rennie's. And so I went to Rennie's and handed off this item to this. And I, I actually knew the girl. And I said, I haven't seen you for a while. And we chatted. And I said, you know, what you need maybe is not a church service. Church services are intended for believers Uh, to worship God. Now, yes, sometimes we do some things to appeal to non-believers, but really the intent of a church service is for the believers to come together to worship, to pray, to be inspired, to be fortified, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, so they can go back out and live for Christ all week long. That is really the the intent of a worship service, really, uh, in in my estimation. Others would say, well, no, we need to make them for people who are looking for Christ. Well, can I suggest to you that maybe a different pattern would be to have our homes open and have them places of reasoning 
where because it says that Paul reasoned with them from the scriptures. There was dialogue. There was there was exchange and. The Alpha Bible Study actually is, uh, the Alpha Course it's called, is, is actually intended for non-Christians, and it covers uh, some of the key beliefs of the Christian life, but it does it in such a way that it's designed to help non-Christians understand what Christians are supposed to be about. And I would suggest a lot of Christians maybe go through the Alpha Course because they need to understand what they're supposed to be about. And uh, we're oftentimes about a lot of things that aren't necessarily about the core things uh, of the Christian life. The Alpha Course. I mean, I've talked about here in our own locale, Belfast, Maine. You know, if we were to have a church in Belfast or something... um, yeah, and it's simply the Alpha Course, actually, if you look that up. it might If you Google Alpha Bible Course, it might come up, but Alpha Course. Um, it's used a lot of places, especially in, in Europe and Western Europe uh, or, or Oceania uh, down in uh, Australia, uh, in, in New Zealand, places like that have used it quite extensively. Um, but to be able to reason from the scriptures, if we were to go into Belfast and try to establish a different uh, a different church there, I mean, we've had Calvary Chapel, we've had, you know, the impact of our own church seven miles inland. We've had uh, other churches that uh, have kind of migrated away from Belfast, Christ the King, um, and then some that remain in Belfast, a few that remain in Belfast that are hardy. Uh, and committed to the the truth of the gospel, not not uh, men centered. Uh, I would call it uh, anthropology and not theology, because it's all about man. And uh, anyway, um, but I, I think you you would need to start a, a ministry there that was a a reasoning type of ministry where there could be discussion, where there could be an open forum of questions and and dialogue and debate back and forth. So um, that's what Paul did. You think he went to the synagogue, well, okay, they had a worship band, and there was a pulpit, and everybody sat in pews facing the front. No. Uh, There was a lectern in the middle, and the the seats were around, and behind the lectern, uh, they were on both sides and behind the lectern, and person might step up to the lectern and speak, and somebody would ask a question, and they would talk back and forth, and, and that was the approach that Paul took in his teaching. We, we need to see more people who are able to hold their own, and there are some very good ones who are able to hold their own and not lose their wit and lose their way about them uh, if they're in a, uh, in a conversation. Too many Christians in our day and part of it, it's been since 2014, 2015, 2016, that era in politics has significantly and negatively impacted our ability to discuss things here in the United States because people get mad and angry and call people names. And I mean, our, our, our government is, is a, a, a terrible example. People who are, have been presidents and, uh, maybe who are presidents, the media, uh, people in Congress uh, throw their hissy fits, and uh, it's awfully embarrassing. Uh, 
don't follow that example. Too many Christians have bought into that approach at dealing with people with whom they differ. And we need to be able to dialogue. We need to be able to show um, so, some courtesy. We need to be able to uh, show some thoughtfulness and, and, and be able to be on the debate stage or in that forum, as was Paul, to be able to talk about uh, the things of life in, in more significant fashion. Now let's continue down through the text. Says verse three, he explained and proved that that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. He said. Now again, I have given this challenge before. Many of us know how to give a defense of the gospel from the New Testament. Uh, I think that we need to be able to give a defense from the Old Testament because Paul didn't have a New Testament. He was writing the New Testament. God was using him and Peter and John uh, and a few others, uh, Luke, to write the New Testament. He didn't have it, and as he was going into Jewish synagogues, he spoke to them from, from the Torah. He spoke to them from the, 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 books of the, uh, the books of the prophets and explained to them from the Old Testament who Jesus is. You know, I, I need to research to see if there's a book uh, preaching, uh, teaching Jesus from the Old Testament. Someone certainly has written a book about that. Maybe somebody could Google, you know, and see if there are books, and, and maybe a new one needs to be written. Uh, that's why I, I probably need to, uh, yeah, I, at some point uh, when, when I'm fully concentric, uh, Maybe I'll get to writing some books and things like that. There's just not time to, how do I find the time to write and do all the different things that I'm doing? Um, but I would like, there are many books in my brain I need to write at some point in time, so before my brain turns to mush. Notice what it says. He explained and proved that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. He did that from the Old Testament. He said, this is the Christ, and in verse 14 says, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. Again, the New Testament making much about the prominent women. You know, some of you uh, that listen are women. Some of you are prominent women. Uh, and you have a definitive impact on on this ministry, you have a definitive impact on, uh, on what I am able to do and communicate, and I want you to know I view you as prominent women uh, and uh, having a significant impact for the gospel. And uh, so thank you for, for the support, the prayers, uh, the various things that you do. Uh, it certainly is helping to expand the gospel uh, in significant ways. So, um, again, noting there were God-fearing, there, there were Jews, God-fearing Greeks, who were perhaps Jewish uh, in belief practices. Now, uh, not a, not a few prominent women. So many women, uh, many women believed. Again, in that era, I mean, often women would not have been mentioned. But Christianity treated women differently than was the cultural custom. 
it, it elevated women to a different place uh, uh, religiously in terms of the practice and the regard of women. And so if those that want to get down on Christianity, well, it, it puts women down. Uh, it does anything but that, my friends. Verse 5, the Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. Jason apparently is the place in which Paul had been staying. Uh, and they wanted Paul and Silas brought out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city official, shouting, These men have caused trouble all over the world and have now come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house, and they're all defying Caesar's decrees. I kind of sound like Bill Clinton, don't I? Uh, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. He says, when they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. So, I mean, here's Jason in some regards, an innocent bystander. And he's the one that has to. He's the one that gets arrested. He's the one that gets uh, uh, dragged into court, if you will. He's the one that is in prison. He's the one that had to post bond. And he he was just really, in many ways, an, an innocent bystander. Uh, yes, he was complicit in that he was housing Paul and Silas. Um, and sometimes, when you choose to. I mean, you might not even be the preacher. You might not even be the mouthpiece. You might not even be the messenger. But just your association with me could be enough to get you in trouble. Uh, just your association with Veracity Chapel could be enough to get you in trouble. Just your association with being a Christian, just your association with the ichthus. Now, you might not know what the ichthus is. That's that little fish symbol that we see from time to time. Just your association with a cross just your association with posting beautiful pictures of lovely sunrises over the Penobscot um, Bay could, could be enough uh, to get you in, in hot water with some people, sometimes just guilty by association. And this was Jason um, who got into hot water. So what, what happens? Let's, we're going to continue down further in the text. I think we will. Yes, I've got time. So what happens? Paul and Barnabas left that area. Uh, they left Thessalonica, although a church was started there. They would leave and continue on. It says, as soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. That was the custom. Now the Bereans were more, of more noble character than the Thessalonicans. Uh, the people from Thessaloniki is how they might say it over there, for they received the message with great eagerness, and this is the, the part that made them noble, examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Now, th that is something that uh, is notable. People examining the scriptures every day. Uh, now, sometimes some of us get, get befuddled a little bit. Now, some don't examine the scriptures. Some examine what does this preacher say or what does that preacher say. And such and such preacher said, so we want to challenge what you're saying because another preacher said, wait a minute, 
How about just the scriptures? They examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. And and that that's something that made them noble. Uh, that's something that, that uh, defined their character. That's something that made them worthwhile, worth following, um, worth uh, noting uh, the depth of their reputation and that they examined the scriptures. You know, there's nothing that delights me more than to be in a situation when... when, when a, and other preachers as well, or Bible teachers, when, when we say, open your Bibles, and you hear the rustling of the pages of Scripture, well, even, even beyond that, for people to say, well, you know, I was studying, and this is what I found, and I want to, I got a question you said, but what about this verse? And, you know, I, I, yes, that is a good thing, to be people who examine the Scriptures um, as you're listening to, to people teach and preach and to say, no, but there's another verse over here. That's a good way to be. Friends, become a student of the Bible. Uh, I've got a Bible right beside my bed. And, and uh, you know, while I get up in the morning like this, the practice that Wendy and I have is we each open our Bibles and uh, we, we're reading our Bibles in bed. And uh, not always, not every night do we share uh, what we're seeing, but sometimes we do. Um, but to have your Bible, have your Bible on your kitchen couch, especially if you have children in your home. Yeah, it's fine that you have a Bible app like the YouVersion Bible app or some other Bible app. That's fine to have that on your phone or on your computer. I have this eSword that I use on on my uh, computer. But when you have small children and they see an open Bible and they see a pen by it or a notebook or they, they, they note that you're marking it, they see you reading, they see a cup of coffee beside it, it implants something in them. So friends, I encourage you. Be people who study the scriptures in those kinds of ways. <clears throat> Let's finish this section. Verse 12 says, Many of the Jews believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Then the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea. They went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up, the, the, the bad people came and agitated the crowds and stirred them up. The brothers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. The men who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. Now, Paul has gone to Athens. Uh, We are going to pick up more about Athens on Monday uh, because I, I do not have time to get into the Areopagus. And uh, in fact, I want to make sure and have some pictures and things I can show you uh, of the Areopagus. But Paul gave instructions. Paul had a plan for what would happen. And uh, uh, and he wanted Silas and Timothy to join. Now, we know eventually uh, Timothy would... Uh, uh, be left, sent back to Ephesus, uh, where he would be pastor uh, to the church in Ephesus. Uh, Silas would continue his ministry as well, uh, multiplying the ministry. Uh, and, uh, and you read in, for, in the First uh, Corinthians, some follow Paul, some follow Apollos, uh, some follow Silas. Um, but the, the ministry will multiply, and we will pick back up on that here in. Uh, on Monday, 
Paul in Athens. Paul, what does he what does he say? What happens? How does he address people? There's something notable about what he has to say in Athens, and we'll look at that again on Monday. Well, friends, we're at the end of our hour, and I'm going to allow you to get into your day. We want to continue to uh, pray for our brothers and sisters in places like India, where uh, where they certainly have needs. So, Lord, we do come before you this morning, remembering. Uh, our brothers, sisters, uh, families, children in uh, in India, and we pray that you would uh, strengthen them, that you would provide for their needs. We know there are places in India where, where they're flourishing, and their economy is robust, and there are yet other places in India where they barely have enough money for food. So, Lord, provide for the orphans, provide for the children, we pray. Uh, provide medical needs, uh, provide for their physical needs, their dietary needs. Uh, Lord, we pray the same for our, our brothers and sisters in South Sudan as well. Provide for their needs. And Lord, for the rest of us today, help us to, to give thanks for all, especially here in America, for all the provisions that you've given us. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Lord, hear our prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll either see you over the weekend or see you on Monday.